Well, this weekend we are celebrating our nation's 244th birthday. 244 years. Of course, I think for a lot of us, uh, this past year is one that we'll be glad to have in the rear view mirror. Because uh, whether it's been all of the things that have been happening around us with the virus, with the racial injustices, with all the political divides, or, or whether it's just maybe been some chaos happening in your personal life, I think all of us are dealing with some level of uncertainty about the future, which kind of makes this fourth a little bit different because one of the things we've always celebrated about our nation is its promise of the future. You know, America's always been a place where people could come from anywhere, from any background, and work hard and build a better future, if not for themselves, at least maybe for their children and grandchildren. And yet now I think many of us are are wondering is is that dream dying is their doubts about the future maybe for some of us for the first time about this nation that we live in see that's the thing sometimes the things that seem the most stable in our life can become unstable and if you've anchored your life to that your sense of peace can very quickly turn into fear and anxiety because to find peace in your life that doesn't come from anchoring your life to things that seem stable it comes from anchoring your life to things that are stable and the Bible says there are two things that are always stable notice what Isaiah says Isaiah 54 10 says the mountains may disappear and the hills may come to an end, but my love, God says, my love will never disappear, and my promise of peace will not come to an end. God's love and God's peace will never change. And in this series, that's what we're doing. We're focusing on God's promise of peace, and more importantly, how to anchor our lives to that unchanging promise of God and so today on this 4th of July weekend I want us to spend some time focusing on God's promises for our future because while I don't know what the future holds for our nation I don't know what the future holds for your life or mine but what I do know is that there are some amazing things that God has promised for your future one of the promises that God gives us about our future is that He will support me in times of trouble. Now, I think most of us know or have at least heard that God is always with us, that He never leaves us or forsakes us. But I think one of the things we often forget is that when we have God's presence with us, we have God's power working for us. You know, nowhere in all the Bible does God promise to eliminate troubles from our lives. He, he doesn't even promise to minimize the troubles in our lives. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And so 
one of the things I can promise you about your future is that you're going to go through tough times. You're going to go through troubles. And God's promise is that not only will he be with you in those troubles, but that he will give you what you need to get through the troubles you're going to go through. Here's that promise as found in Isaiah 43. God says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up and the flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Did you notice that God says when you, He doesn't say when you go through deep waters, you won't get wet. He just says you won't drown. And He doesn't say when you walk through the fire, you're not going to get burned. He just said you're not going to be consumed by that fire. Why? Because you have God's support in those times of trouble. You know, one of my favorite verses in the whole New Testament is Philippians 4.13. It's familiar, right? The Tim Tebow verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I, I really love this verse in the Amplified Version because it really brings out the deep truths of this promise. Listen to what it says. It says, I am ready for anything and equal to anything. Because of my strength, because of my wealth, because of the country I was born in? No, because of Him. It's through Him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. See, that's God's promise for your future. He will give you the strength and confidence to get through what you're going through. But here's the caveat. He never gives that to you ahead of time. Yes, God will give you the strength you need to get through what you're going through, but you won't have it until you're actually going through it. And I've certainly seen that in my life. You know, I've been through things over the last two years that if you'd have asked me ahead of time, Philip, could you get through that? Could you survive that kind of tragedy and loss? I'd say, no, I don't have the strength. I don't think I could even survive that. And yet here I am. Why? Not because of me. Or not because I'm a pastor, but because in the middle of that storm, God gave me the strength. And He'll give that strength to you. Not ahead of the storm, but in the middle of that storm. Now, I don't really know what troubles you're going to face in the future. But I know that when you do, you'll have God's strength and support to get through whatever you're going to go through in the future. second promise that God gives us about our future is that He will make everything right one day. Man, that is a great promise because there's so much that's not right today. The injustices we see all around us, even here in our country. The fact that children starve in the third world for no other reason than the fact that they happen to be born in that place and yet just because we were born here or because the color of our skin we have privilege and blessing you can't hardly turn on the news without seeing uh, evil people winning and well-meaning people being 
abused and discriminated against. And it's hard to reconcile a just and loving and fair God with all the unfairness we see around us and quite frankly the unfairness that many of us experience in our lives. And if that's you today, if you've been abused, if you've been discriminated against, if you've been taken advantage of, if you've had your heart shattered because of the choices and decisions of someone else, I, I just want you to know as a pastor, as somebody who cares, that breaks my heart too. But more importantly than I, how I feel about it, it's how God feels about it. Because your pain, your struggle, the evil that has happened to you breaks his heart. He grieves when you grieve. In fact, the Bible tells us in Psalms that God literally collects our tears. He keeps account of every tear you've ever cried. Some of them you don't remember, but God remembers those tears because he cares. And of course, the question is, well, if God cares that much, why doesn't he do something about it? Why doesn't God stop the bad? Why doesn't he remove the evil? It's a legitimate question. The answer to that question is really twofold. One is that in order for God to remove the evil from the world, he'd have to take me out of the world. He'd have to take you out of the world because we're the big part of the problem. You know, I, I'm not saying that we're Hitler. Obviously, evil exists on a spectrum. But the question is, where do you draw the line? How much bad stuff do you have to perpetrate before you're taken out? See, when we are the recipients of unfairness, of evil, when we're on the receiving end, we want God to be just. But let's be honest, when we're on the perpetrator end, we want God to show mercy. The second part of that answer to why doesn't God make it right, why doesn't he stop the evil and the suffering in the world, is the fact that he will. One day, God will make everything right in your life and in this world. See, that's the thing. You can't really judge the justice of a timeless God by just looking at a moment in time, by just looking at what we see in our time around us, because God is eternal. And God has promised that he will one day make it all right. Here's that promise, Proverbs 20, 22. He says, don't take it on yourself to repay a wrong. Trust the Lord and he will make it right. So does that verse mean we should not do anything about injustice? Does that mean that we shouldn't intervene? No. The Bible makes it very clear that we are to stand up for those who cannot stand for themselves. We are to speak up for those who have no voice. We are to feed the starving children. We are to clothe the naked. We are the, to bind up the wounds of those whose hearts have been shattered. And as we do that, we can trust that God will one day make everything right. 
Because, you know, I, I told you that, that God saves up your tears and He counts them all. It's not just for Him to grieve with you. He does that because also there's going to be an accounting. There is going to be a day of reckoning because God is just. And so that, that's my hope. That's my prayer. As, as you begin to anchor your life to that promise that God will one day make everything right, that you can begin to let go of the hurt you've experienced in your life. You can begin to let go of the brokenness you feel. And some of that pain that you're feeling, as you let go of it, can release that bitterness and resentment that keeps you chained down. You can't change what's happened to you, what's been done to you, but you don't have to allow that to continue to oppress your life. And I believe as you begin to let go of that, you can begin to become a part of God's justice in this world right now. And you can hold on to that promise that says that God will one day make everything right. The third promise that God gives us about our future is that He will reward my service and my generosity. You know, I said God is keeping a record of the wrongs that have been done against us or that we've done against others. But you know, God is also keeping a record of the right things we do. And doing the right thing is always about serving and giving it's what we were created for it's why we've been placed on this earth you know the ultimate goal of our life on earth is to become more like jesus becoming more like jesus is all about serving and giving because that's what jesus life was all about in fact jesus said the son of man didn't come to be served but to serve others and give his life, give his life as a ransom for many. That's what Jesus was all about, giving and serving. And that's what we are to be all about. You know, as a pastor at Cedar Creek Church for the last 21 years, I have, I'm constantly amazed at your generosity as a church, your sacrificial service and I, I see the impact of it in our community and around the world all the time. But because of the size of our church, I, I don't get to know all the ways that you've given and served. I don't have an opportunity to just personally sit down and affirm you and to thank you and to share with you how your giving and serving is making a difference. And that that's tough for me. But I find peace in knowing that while I may not know all the great things you're doing, God knows. And God is keeping a record and He has promised to reward that. You find that promise in Hebrews 6.10. This is God speaking and it says, He will not forget how hard you have worked for Him and how you have shown your love to Him by caring for other believers as you still do. Not only will God not forget 
your sacrificial acts of giving and serving, but He will reward those. Look, you may not get the recognition and affirmation from people around you. You may never know or get to see the results of your giving and serving, but God does. And He has promised to reward that. Not only in heaven, but the reward of fulfillment. That's the reward. God hasn't promised to reward your acts of giving and serving by making you healthy, wealthy, and wise. We've already said that God's promise is trouble in this life. But what God has promised is to notice and reward my acts of service and generosity. You know, I, I don't really know the future of our nation. I don't know the future for our church, and I certainly don't know the future of your life. But I do know what God has promised. He has promised to give us His strength to support us through the troubles that will come. He has promised to make things right, to be just, and for us to see that justice one day. And He has promised to give us a reward that we could never imagine. And I believe if we will anchor our lives to those promises, if we'll anchor our church to those promises, we'll have peace no matter what comes our way. Father, I thank you for those promises. I thank you for how in the uncertainty and the fear and the anxiety that we are dealing with every day, that we can anchor our lives to your promises because the future is yours and you are calling us into that future to be a part of your kingdom. So God, I pray for every person on this 4th of July weekend, everybody who is joining us today, that they would not only feel your presence, your love, know your compassion, know that you are grieving with them over the brokenness in their life, but that you are a just God and that we can anchor our lives. And in that, we can find a hope that this world can never offer. Thank you, Lord, as we celebrate that today. In Jesus' name, amen.